Welcome to the Entrepreneur Playbook Podcast. I am your host, Chris Wright, and this is your place to get strategies for success in business and in life. Now, let's get straight into the show. Hey, and welcome to episode 23 of the Entrepreneur Playbook Podcast. This is one that I am super excited about. I've been looking for someone like the guest I have on today's show for ages and now I have found them and I'm so excited to bring them to you. Today I have Scott Wilhite joining me. Scott is an award-winning commercial filmmaker turned social entrepreneur and as a writer, producer, director, he was enjoying an extremely promising creative career without ever actually enjoying it, without ever actually being happy. And during 10 of his most productive years, he found them also to be 10 of his darkest, his most unsatisfying years. He felt directionless and that his life was missing purpose and meaning. However, this all changed when a friend of his introduced him to the breakthrough science of positive psychology, which studies the thought patterns of society's happiest and most resilient people. He discovered simple strategies for removing stress, living with a sense of awe and creating long-term happiness. And as such, Scott is now the founder of Encourage.life, the creator of the Feed Your Happy app and author of The Seven Core Skills of Everyday Happiness, Scientifically Proven Skills for a Happier, More Meaningful Life. I am super excited to introduce you to Scott for today's show and you'll be able to get all of the resources and the show notes over at level10living.co.uk forward slash 23. But let me take no more time. Let's dive straight into the show. Hey, and welcome to the Entrepreneur Playbook podcast. Today, I have with me Scott Wilhite. Scott, thank you so much for joining us today and welcome to the show. Hey, Chris, I am so excited to be on. So excited for what you're doing. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, I'm super excited. And the reason I am super excited, and this is, uh, I kind of told Scott this story, but what I'd like to do is just like tell the audience the story of why I'm so excited about this is because Last year, there was a couple of books that I absolutely freaking loved. Uh, And I'll put, by the way, I'll put all the notes, all the links for resources in the show notes. Uh, One of those books was The Happiness Advantage and the other book was Mindset. And these two books kind of just justify the whole way of thinking for me. And I've never seen anyone put this into any kind of course, any kind of program, any kind of like coaching process. And all of a sudden, one day, up pops Scott on a Facebook group, uh, reaching out and just looking to connect with people. And I was like, oh my word, this is what I wanted to find. This is what I've been looking for. And I've had the pleasure to have a sneak peek at some of uh, Scott's content, his courses. And wow, are you guys in for a treat today. It's all going to be around the, the, the subject of happiness. And it's quite a... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's quite a I'm that's say not that. a bad topic right uh, yeah, absolutely and Scott's <laughs> gonna be like no we're not actually even talking about that Chris today we're gonna go to something different but it, <laughs> it's a topic and optimism and like whether people are optimistic or pessimistic or whatever uh, I'm super excited I just kind of want to get everybody else amped and excited to uh, to listen to this as well so but first what I want to do Scott if you don't mind is I know that this wasn't your sole focus and so can <laughs> you tell us a bit about a, tell us a bit about what you do, introduce yourself and tell us a bit about what you do, and then we'll dive into the story of how you got here. Oh, yeah. My, my fortunate accident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, I am a commercial filmmaker, uh, and that's what I love. That's what I've been doing. 
And uh, anyway, my story is is one. Anyway, I, I've won a bunch of awards. I've been quite successful in the commercial filmmaking world as a writer, producer, director. And uh, the interesting thing is, is, is I didn't know I was unhappy. I, but it turned Scott, out I was. I just pause you there? You bet. You're being very modest there. You, you're saying you were quite successful. If you can't, you guys can't see Scott right now. But I've got the 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 the, the, the camera on, and behind him is just this wall of awards. The guy is was clearly very successful. I just don't want you to be too modest about that, Scott. There. Well, but that's where I put all my focus. That's where I put you know my value. I thought because I I won this. I am valuable to the world. You know, this is what I bring. But really, I felt like I was a tortured artist. You know, I was so full of anger and aggression and frustration. And it was re- it was terrible. Um, it affected my family, affected just everything about me, my health. Um, anyway, for me, I had a fortunate thing that I'm going to tell you about in just a minute. But but I will tell you this one experience that happened when I was filming in Cambodia. And it was one of those life changing things. Uh, I was sent there to film a documentary series. Uh, it was a humanitarian um, series of films uh, to show the poor, destitute, sad people of Cambodia, you know, and to present them to this rich American audience, you know, so that they would open up their hearts and their wallets and help these people. Well, as I'm there, I'm, I'm in this little rickety minivan and we're just packed in, you know, the film crew and all our boxes of gear and everything. And because of the camera uh, sensitivity, we had to have the windows down. We couldn't have it air conditioned, take the camera out from this, you know, into this humid, humid environment. And so, like, instantly I'm sweating and I'm complaining and, you know, griping as, as I do, you know, or as I did. And, uh, and as I'm looking out the window, I realize I've got a huge problem. Because as I'm looking at these people, you know, I saw like I, I saw like a family of five on a single motorcycle making their way through, <laughs> yeah. you know, the city streets. It was crazy. But as I would look at them, it seemed like they could always sense my stare, and uh, and our eyes would meet, and their faces would light up with this pure joy, you know. And, and I'm looking at them, going, "Oh, you must be miserable," and they're just smiling back at me, and uh, and so I smile back pretending that life is really as good for me as it seems on the outside. But inside, I knew I was missing something. And so this is what started this 10-year journey that I went on to find greater happiness. And I was sure I knew what I was doing, you know. And so I was sure I was going to find it in the next gig or, or the next award, you know. And I won all these different things. And it was so unsatisfying. And I don't know, you know, if our listeners have been there before. You know, they've they've done some great successful things in their lives, but they don't feel satisfied. They don't feel content with what they have. And there's that little voice inside of them that that, you know, it whispers to them and and it bugs them because they know they're capable of more. And uh, if they were like me, you know, I I wouldn't go anywhere unless I was listening to entertainment or something because I didn't want to hear that voice. You know, I didn't want that um, that that nagging feeling. But it was, you know, I was just so discontent, so frustrated. And then uh, this fortunate thing happened. And it's a book that I know that you know and love. Um, but I was I was frustrated. I was talking to this one guy and. 
he had this little book under his arm and he was talking about how he was studying about the science of happiness. And as he said that, like there was something inside of me that just leaped and said, yes, this is what I want. Whatever it is, I want it. Well, it turned out it was the book, The Happiness Advantage by Sean Acor. And I ran immediately to the bookstore. And what I found was that for the last, you know, like I think it's about 17 years they have been studying, you know, these top tier universities have been studying the happiest, most resilient, uh, most successful people out there. And what they have found is that happiness is more than a mood or a feeling. It's a skill. Nice. And, oh, man, that was that was so temporarily transformative for me, you know. What, why um, only temporarily? Well, Okay, I, I'm a, I'm a little bit embarrassed to say this, but it's part of my story. Um, what I found was that I I would read all this great stuff about positive psychology, and I loved it. But then the next day, I would go about my day kind of business as usual. I would slip back into my old ways of thinking. You know, negative thinking is easy because you're you're thinking downhill. Well, I realized that I needed to condition my mind. I needed, you know, like like physical fitness. I needed to condition myself to choose the more healthy, the, the more positive mindsets. And so I started to create little systems for myself. You know, I would I, I use like a filmmaker technique. Uh, if you're a screenwriter and you you know about carrying cards, I used to I started doing that. And then I I upgraded and I thought, you know, people want this. And so I created an app. It's called Feed Your Happy and if you have an iPhone, you can download that from the iTunes store. But I, I created all these tools that would help me, and I figured other people were like me, you know, to mentally condition themselves to to live intentionally and deliberately and not just the way we've been conditioned by society or technology or bad experiences or anything like that. So that's really where my transformation happened was was when I started putting these systems into place to change my mindset. Nice. And when and when you initially stumbled upon the book, you you got the theory, you kind of got excited about that this was possible, right? That happiness is a skill. I think that's an that that alone if anyone listening just takes that point away and goes, "Okay, happiness is a skill like anything else that I can learn and be become better at it." That's huge in itself. But you you find this out and you say it was like a temporary thing. What were your what are the things that you found different in your world, in your life, perhaps in your relationships, in, in a, or any any other area of your life that was positively or negatively, I suppose, affected by finding this out and by finding this research and, and implementing it on any level? Yeah, you know, actually, uh, I'll tell <clears throat> I'll tell you a little warning and, and our and our listeners too. When you get into positive psychology, when you start to hear about it and understand it, you will realize it is so simple that it may it may startle you. It may, you may not believe it. And that's what happened to me was I started, you know, reading all the studies and all this research. And I thought that's really cool. But, but what they're talking about is so simple, it can't possibly work. You know, like the number one skill, if you learn nothing else, if you get none of the other skills in your belt, you know, your, your magic tool belt, but this one skill, you can be happy whenever, wherever you are and in, in whatever circumstance you're in. And that is the skill of gratitude. Well, when I heard that, I thought, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I'm already a thankful person. I say thank you all the time. And, and it, it wasn't until later that I realized that 
anyway, I could tell you a little bit about the problem of thankfulness. But uh, but what I found was I wasn't really feeling gratitude, and I didn't start to put the you know the the techniques into practice. And they had a very simple exercise. Uh, they they said to keep a gratitude journal, and every day write three fortunate things that were going on in your life. Well, when I heard that, I just thought, ah, that can't possibly work. And so I didn't do it. And it was like two or three weeks later. And I was so frustrated. I was so angry and just desperate that I said, I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm nice. going to try this out. And I started it. And, you know, for the first few days, nothing, you know, which was exactly what I expected. And then, and I made, I made this kind of system for myself where I would write this down at night, right before I went to bed, three fortunate things that happened to me that day. Well, it was about a week later and I was really tired and I couldn't come up with three. And I was really frustrated because I told myself I'm going to do this and here I am staying up late and I'm tired and I want to go to bed. Well, the next day I decided I wasn't going to wait until I went to bed. I was going to look for him during the day and suddenly I saw it was this little thing. This guy pulled over. I was driving through the canyon. He let me pass him and uh, and I thought I'm going to write about that. And it was so simple and so easy, but I started to feel something immediately. And then I realized that my mindset was changing because now I was starting to look for and anticipate good things happening. And the more I looked for them, the more I anticipated them, the more they happened. And what was cool was, was I wasn't changed, you know, I, I didn't bring these about. I was just becoming more conscious and more awake and aware of them. Does that make sense to you? It makes perfect sense. Yeah, absolutely. If you're if you're looking for negative things, you'll definitely find negative things. If you're looking oh, for the positive totally. things, you'll find the positive things, right? Yeah. So that was that was like the first skill. That was the one that that I tried out. But you know, you can look at it and you can go, yeah, it's not going to work because because it, it's just too easy. But that's what they are. They're simple. They're they're you know these techniques, these skills that you can get into your life and suddenly you become more deliberate. You become more intentional in the way that you live and the things that you think about and focus on. Nice. So you start implementing these, these habits, these techniques, you start, do you start noticing an improvement in your own, in your own positivity or does someone else notice it first? Like, how do you, like, <laughs> did your, did your family start saying you're, you're happier or like, did, was there, was there a noticeable like kind of reaction, I guess is the, is what I'm getting at here. Well, my kids started calling me happy dad and <laughs> nice. I thought that was great. But then there was this little nagging thing inside of me that said, okay, then who was I before? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I started to think about, oh my gosh, you know, for so many years I have been so negative and so frustrated and I just couched it, you know, to that I was, I was a tortured artist, that that's just the baggage you get from being in the creative field. And I didn't realize how it affected everybody around me. And then now that I learned these things and my kids started calling me happy dad and I started to recognize all the good that was going on in life. Um, I mean, it was just amazing uh, how I felt. But then it also, you know, spread for all the people around me and just made everything more enjoyable. That's fantastic. It's, it's so good to hear as well, because, you know, I, I and this is going to sound silly, but people often ask me, they're like, Chris, why are you so positive? Why have you got so much energy? Why? And, I'm, and my honest answer is because I'm like, it would be boring to be negative. <laughs> like, and, and But I don't have any kind of rhyme or reason other than like, I, there's no point. For me, there's just no point looking at things in a negative spin or putting a negative spin on it. But as you said, it's the easiest thing to do. 
the easiest thing to do is to go into into a negative thing, right? Well, it, it it's a simple thing, simple. but it's not necessarily easy. You okay. know, for instance, for me, you know, I look at people like you and I am envious because you seem to be naturally optimistic. It seems to come so easy for you. For me, I'm a recovering grumpaholic. You know, I mean, I am working <laughs> yeah. on this all the time gotcha. because I have had so many years of training to be negative. Um, for instance, so in my different filmmaking roles, one of the roles that I that I fill is the role of a producer. And it's really a terrible life, you know, because a producer is the guy or gal that is in charge of fixing the problems, you know. And so before any shoot, you know, I'm I'm consciously just worried about, you know, what camera's gonna go down, who's not gonna show up, what location's gonna get blown, you know, what weather's gonna happen that's gonna throw things. You know, I'm just I'm focused on the possible problems. And the more I obsess over them, and worry about them and, and stress over them, the more I see them, I mean, they totally become full self-fulfilling prophecies. You know, those things happen, but I miss out on all the good stuff. So just for years and years, I have been trained to look for the negative. You know, lawyers, uh, they have problems with this all the time because they're always looking for loopholes. And I think a lot of people are trained to think negatively. And so although the, the concepts are very simple, it takes deliberate, conscious effort to put them into place. Um, so, um, I mean, they're very simple and it just takes, you, you know, you just have to get kind of a workout. You have to get uh, a system in place for you so that you can keep improving in those areas of your life. Amazing. And and do you think when you say, like, and you, you just like highlighted some key points there, like you've been, you've essentially, whether you, you didn't know it, but you were training to be negative. You were, tra you were trained to see the potential screw-ups, the potential things that were going to go wrong and I'm guessing that transferred into other areas of your life as well. It's that same mindset that went across. It'd be like, well, let's let's plan for the worst. Let's imagine that this is going to happen. Let's imagine that this will happen and, and kind of plan for that. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. Yeah. And, and do you think that's something that like, uh, this is going way off topic now, but do you think this is something like parents are teaching, un, 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 like not unconsciously teaching their children to be negative? Is that happening in a day-to-day -day world? Oh, totally. It, I mean, it's so amazing how unconscious we really are. Uh, you know, we live our lives so unconscious. Um, you know, we're always we're being trained all the time, but we don't realize it. We're not um, we're not aware of what's going on. Um, you know, uh, William Feathers said plenty of people miss their share of happiness, not because they never found it, but because they didn't stop to enjoy it. You know, we're conditioned by society to, to live these frantic lives. We run from one thing to the next to the next. Um, <clears throat> I read a uh, I read a study um, in Adweek by about people during the first 15 minutes of waking up, they will reach for and uh, and get on their smartphone, you know, and so. I mean, it's this great thing. Yeah, but we are we become tools of our tools. You know, we be, we become conditioned to live reactively. You know, the last thing we do before going to bed is hop on social media. The first thing, you know, who responded to our posts? And we just are living reactively rather than intentionally and deliberately. But we don't recognize it. We don't notice it. And, and people and there's going to be people listening and I, I know a lot of people who do exactly that. The last thing they do before going to bed is check Facebook. The first thing they do in the morning, check Facebook. I'm like, nothing's changed. It's been like <laughs> six hours. Um, but there are people that go, that's my time to wind down. That's the time that I enjoy. Like, 
and while they may believe that they're enjoying are they actually enjoying it or is it just putting something off is it taking their mind off other things is it kind of putting things to the side like why do they do that yeah and and, and i'm not going to say like one way is right or wrong you know it's not a matter of right or wrong it's a matter of healthy versus non-healthy you know i mean just like you know with kind of the snack food that you eat and and different things you know is there stuff that isn't as good for you as other stuff yeah you know and the more that you become aware of that and the more you um you make choices in your life um the more the healthier you become. Really, you know, what we're talking about with positive psychology is learning to develop a, a positive lifestyle. You know, I mean, you look at people that, uh, that are physically fit. It doesn't just happen from one day at the gym or a couple of sit-ups and push-ups, you know. It's this lifestyle of consistency and repetition. And, and, and being deliberate about that, choosing to go and work out, choosing to, to you know, eat or not eat certain foods. And, as we do that with our mindset, as we do that with our thought patterns, we create these healthy thought patterns that just totally help us out in, in all aspects of our lives. Got you. Got you. And so you've got everyone now. Everyone's now like, okay, I understand happiness is a skill. Uh, Scott's gone from, what did you say, grumpy? What was what were you, what were you called before? Uh, well, I am still a recovering grumpaholic. A recovering grumpaholic. And I'm <laughs> Like there's a lot of people out there who will be like, yeah, I've achieved a fair amount. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing okay, but, but they might be sat there going, I still don't consider myself as happy. I, you know, I don't consider myself, they may, they may even consider themselves a success, but not happy. Yeah. How does someone like this? So they're sat where you were, however many years ago it was Scott and going, you know, what do I need to do? Do I, do I quit my job? Do I quit what I'm doing? Like, does it need a full, complete life change? Like, what what does that person who sat there thinking that right now, perhaps they're in business, perhaps they've got their own business, and it's been 10 years, they're doing okay, but they feel like they aren't happy. What what? Where do they start? Well, you start with a study. Uh, you start... Um... You start with research. I love science. I love what positive psychology has done. And, you know, top tier universities have been studying positive psychology in the last little bit. Harvard, Stanford, UCAL, Berkeley, the University of Pennsylvania are just a few that offer master's programs now in this exciting new field. Anyway, I would start, I would understand the science. I would learn about these things and start you know, kind of breaking through your old mindset. You know, we start out with these fixed mindsets a lot of times, these these limiting mindsets that that don't allow us to um, to really grow to our fullest potential. Um, well, well I, I, I would. What, sorry, yeah. Scott, I don't mean to interrupt. What do you mean by fixed mindset? Oh, okay. Well, a fixed or a limited mindset is where. You have all these experiences in the past and you kind of you don't believe change is possible. You think this is what I've been given. This is all I can do. And uh, and you live inside this little box. Well, you know, you can open the doors. You can open up the windows. You can find ways out of this box. And there's a great life out there. But really, that's becoming more awake and aware, more, you know, really discovering uh, within ourselves new possibilities and so that's really what where I would start. I mean, don't qu go quitting your job. Don't do drastic changes. Just wake up. You know, I had a friend of mine uh, who was a young man. Well, he, he was young when he started, uh, but he got hooked on drugs. And he was doing drugs for nine years, I think. And uh, just really, I mean, it really took him. 
he was uh, he was always on the run from the law because you know he was stealing stuff in order to to keep his fix going, and he spent his life you know in an apartment doing drugs with his buddies, and what they were doing is what is they were just kind of lulling themselves to sleep. They were they were wishing their lives away and uh, just hoping for a little bit of pleasure or satisfaction that just never really satisfied him. Well, when he finally, you know, got help and was able to break free of that, it was like he woke up, you know, and it's like, you know, from from this nine year dream where he had just kind of existed to where he became more alive and, and he was experiencing everything as if for the first time, which was really amazing. But then when I thought about him and then I thought about me and I thought, you know what, we, we're pretty similar, uh, you know, because although I had this decade of, of extreme creativity and I won a whole bunch of awards and I was, you know, doing great, I was I was asleep. You know, I didn't realize what my thoughts were doing to myself, what they were doing to my health, what they were doing to my family, what they were doing to my happiness. And as I learned to be intentional and deliberate about my mindset, uh, being intentional about what I was focusing on, wow, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's where I, that's where I came alive. That's where I woke up. And so that's what I would say to people is just, just believe just for, just for a moment that life can get better than it is right now. And then start to study and start to learn these things and start to, you know, put these systems into place so that you can change your life. And as you do that, you will find a lot of different ways to where you can then live with a purpose. You know, you can find your meaning in life. And once you have that, holy cow, I'm telling you, that's when life really starts to take off. You'll be on fire at that point. Yeah. Awesome. So look, Scott, you... We've uh, I sort of uh, didn't really introduce your your the kind of the seven core skills that you talk about right you talk about the seven mm -hmm. core skills of everyday happiness it's what your course is it's what your book's about it's your everything that you are teaching and kind of your message that you're putting out there is about you you've gone through like the mindset behind it um, you've gone through kind of the growth I, I guess growth the growth versus the fixed mindset side of it so the growth was opening up and kind of asking yourself different questions i guess compared to saying that life i'm stuck in a box type thing nothing is possible is that right sorry just make sure i've got that yeah yeah oh, you know perfect. opening that up so that you believe in possibility awesome and we've we've dived into this whole topic of positive psychology and you've even gone through the first the first of your seven core skills being to be grateful and to look uh -huh. at those three um, things that you are grateful for each day and but and should they sorry should they should people be writing this down out of an evening or should they be doing it as they go through the day uh, I'm sorry like the journaling or what, yeah, the what journaling. are you talking sorry yes yeah, so they've got the journal um, is it a they're looking for it throughout the day that was definitely what you you said but then should they still be writing it down at the end of the day Oh, yeah. I mean, you find a system that works for you. And there are a lot of different techniques, a lot of different tactics. Uh, one of the things, uh, like one of the things that helped me out was when I very first started out was to write in my gratitude journal at night. You know, that that was the last thing that I did before going to bed. And interestingly enough, there's a bunch of science that talks about how you sleep better, uh, longer and deeper when you focus for 10 minutes at a time about uh, deliberate gratitude. And, uh, and so anyway, I, that really helped me out. But then I kind of plateaued. It wasn't helping me out as much as, as I wanted it to. And so that's when, when I created this, this app, it's called Feed Your Happy. I have all these reminders in there. And so now I have it go off in the middle of the day when I'm out and about 
living life. And that's what reminds me um, to take a few minutes to pause, to stop, to savor life, you know, and participate in activities that will then spark my happiness. So, I mean, there are a lot of different strategies that you can do. Awesome. The important thing is to take charge, you know, to not just let life take you, but, you know, you actually start directing it. And, and you're talking to entrepreneurs. These are the people who believe that way. Yeah. And so this is just kind of a natural thing for them, I'm sure. Yeah, well, you, you you say that, but I think a lot of, um, you know, I may be kind of putting a sweeping blanket over everybody here, but there's there's a lot of entrepreneurs. They go into the into that the way of their own business, thinking I'm not working for someone else. I'm going to go take charge of my life. I know this is possible. I know I can do this. Um, I'm excited to go and do this. And two years down the line, they're beaten up. They're bruised. They've been battered. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like they and and they're like, wow, this is hard. And suddenly yeah. that, that negativity starts creeping in, that doubt starts creeping in and they kind of go, is this possible? Was everyone that told me that I was being stupid, were they right? And they start questioning themselves and they start questioning those that those people, that the doubters were, were in fact right. So while yes, I think a lot of people start in the entrepreneurial world with that excitement, I see a lot of people who are beaten, who are like, who, who definitely need this stuff because like you've just said in terms of, uh, getting better sleep like the benefits of like just roll me through some of the benefits of that the, this that the positive psychology is shown to have do you, do you have them to hand can you give us some of those um yeah let me uh i i generally carry kind of a list with me amazing i love that it's a list long enough to have to warrant carrying like a list around <laughs> as well which makes me excited yeah actually i don't have it right here but i mean it it affects our health uh, one of the cool things is uh the U.S. Surgeon General has been going around. He's like the top U.S. military guy, um, military doctor. And he goes around prescribing happiness. You know, you think that he's telling you about your diet and your exercise. But he says if we can be happy, if we can work on these things that change in our lives, it helps us reduce the risk of heart attack, reduce the risk of stroke. Um, it's uh, it's an anti-inflammatory, uh, ha- you know, being happy. Um, it also helps us. Uh, we become more resilient. We bounce back faster from disease and illnesses. You know, just kind of all of these things in the, the biological, you know, part of our world. But also there's other studies. Harvard uh, is a really big one on this. In the Harvard Business Review, they're always talking about this in how it makes you a better negotiator. It You're more likely to get a raise. Nice. You're more likely to get, you know, promoted, you know, different things. You're more likely to be considered um, beautiful or attractive. Amazing. <laughs> there's hope for me, you know. So, <laughs> I mean, there's there, there are all these benefits that come out uh, just from being happy. But the thing is, is, you know, we – I at least was conditioned to think happiness came after, you know, it came yes. after some great thing and, you know, and something would make me happy. Uh, and, and it turns out it's not true. There are things that we can do to actually spark that and be in charge of it. Nice. And I think that there's going to be a lot of people resonating with this right now because they're all, and I know this was me for sure. I was like, I have my goals up on the wall, like up here by me. And, and it's not that I was saying to myself, I'll be happy once I reach that. But I guess essentially that's what I was doing. Yeah. I was going, yeah. if I reach that income level, if I have that kind of house, if I have whatever, that car, I'll be happy. And actually <laughs> all that happens when you get that stuff is you go, oh, well, maybe I should set higher goals because that doesn't seem to have matched it or whatever, if that makes sense. Oh, I, totally. And I, and when you tell yourself that too, you know, the I'll be happy when myth, what you're saying is I'm not happy now. 
You know, yeah. you're we're constantly telling ourselves these stories. And that's really what what my course and my book and everything is about is about helping people rewrite the stories that they're telling themselves in their head. You know, you don't have to say, I'll be happy when you can rewrite that and you can start to focus on the things that are going right in your life. And suddenly, you know, happiness is in your hands. And, th- and this brings us on to the second of the core skills, which you've mentioned, I guess you've mentioned in roundabout way, maybe three or four times already, but it's savor the now. You said the quote, I can't remember who it was from, but basically they don't stop to enjoy the moment. Is that what you mean by savor the now? Yeah. And save for the, the now with these skills, they're really classifications of skills. There, there are a lot of different meanings that you can have with them. So skill number two is savor the now. Part of that can mean enjoying the moment that you're in right now, making it, you know, like when you, when you savor anything, when you savor food, you try and make it last just as long as possible, you know, make the, the flavor taste all every bit of the flavor. Well, savor the now can also mean to be fully present, yeah, to be okay. where you're at and not, not living in the, you know, in the future, not living in the past, you know, a lot of kind of an interesting thing. I know I'm jumping all around here. An interesting thing that comes out in, in the research is, is about forgiveness, you know, and you, I used to think that that was like a purely religious concept, but there's tons of studies that show that you know, when we are obsessing over grievances that happened in the past, you know, I mean, how can we be fully present? How can we be in the now if we're obsessing over something that was that's a long time ago that you can't change? You know, and so it's learning these things it's becoming more awake and aware of them and then putting systems into place so that, you know, when you start slipping back into your old ways of thinking or your old training, you can catch yourself early and then you can turn things around and actually spiral up rather than having it take you down. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. I think that the the key for me there was uh, being present forgiveness. That's an interesting one. That I'd, I, I'm not going to explore that more now, but that is definitely something that I would like to uh, to pick your brains on at a future time for sure. Um, but being present, and, and I think that then comes back to, again, like, and this is going to sound silly, but putting the phone away. And, and I'm a culprit of this, like, I'll, you know, when people are in conversations and you're there in a group and people have got their phones out that, you know, I guess that's, you're not enjoying the moment you think you are because you're on Facebook or whatever, but actually that's not being present. Oh no. And actually it's a terrible habit that so many of us have. I, I had this for a long time where I would always put my smartphone out and I'd put it on the table in front of me. And it actually, there are a bunch of studies that show how that affects relationships because basically you've just put something between you and the person you're talking to. And if that's, you know, if that's, you know, your wife or your fiance or, you know, a good friend, suddenly you're saying you are not quite as important as this thing that might possibly, you know, start setting me alerts. Yeah, it's going to go off and suddenly I'm going to take that call or I'm going to take that text you know, even while talking to you, because it's more important. But it's just, it's a thing that we slip into, you know, we don't even realize that we're doing it. But that's one of those things that, you know, the more you learn, the more you find out about these things, and the more you realize that you've kind of been uh, self-sabotaging your happiness. And as you take those, those negative things away and kind of detox, you're able to, to live with more intention in your life. Amazing. So I know, like, I, I'm, fully aware that going through these seven skills is something that you've been studying for freaking ages you've got a whole book on it a whole course on it we're not going to dive into too much detail on these i guess and i'm hoping that people 
listening understand that and they'll be excited to go and grab your book as soon as it comes out but we'll tell them about that later on do you mind if we just kind of fly through these and dive into just kind of quickly how each of them can affect maybe the entrepreneur the business owner um step number three is one that i'm excited to hear more about so um let's go into let's go into number three and and tell me a bit about this one okay excuse me uh the third skill is to lift someone else it's the service component and what's interesting about this is there is tons of research and and also you know we listen we hear that and we go okay yeah we know when you serve others you feel better you know but we don't do it you know we we don't get out and we're not active about doing these things um but there's a lot of research the interesting thing is about longevity. When people that serve, people who volunteer, they actually live longer, healthier lives, which is really amazing. Uh, skill number four is called don't worry. It's the uh, the mental detox skill. It helps you get rid of stress, anxiety, and worry. And what I love about this one is I use storytelling techniques um, to help people rewrite these stories in our heads because we're always telling ourselves stories. So can um, I, just to, again, yeah. sorry to interrupt, it's very quick because when I say to someone, oh, don't worry about it, like the 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 response I always get is, well, that's easier said than done. Like uh, yeah. how, how does someone just not worry about something? Even if it's out of their control, how can someone just not worry about things? Well, the main thing is that you realize you're telling yourself a story. Whenever you're stressed, whenever you're feeling anxiety, if you look at the root of that, what you're really doing is you're telling yourself an, a story with an ending, and usually the ending is really terrible. You know, it's this horrible thing that you don't want to have happen. But like instantly that story comes into your head and you're obsessing over this ending that you have no idea, you know, if it's true. Mark Twain, uh, this quote is attributed to him. He said, I've lived through some terrible things in my life, some of which actually happened. You know, but we, <laughs> yeah, we nice. get caught in that to where we tell ourselves these stories of things that, oh man, this is going to, this is going to happen. And, you know, and, and we obsess over it and it's, uh, it's, you know, we, we don't realize how creative we are, but we are doing this creative storytelling and generally it's working against us. So one of the things that I do, you know, I like to help people rewrite the stories. And f- the first thing is to recognize that they're telling themselves a story. And then the next thing is to rewrite it. And, you know, kind of a, I don't know, maybe a, a Pollyanna view of it is to create it with a positive ending, you know, and I try and do that. And my subconscious doesn't agree with it because, yeah, right. Uh, I can't believe that that you know, good things going to happen. Um, I can really believe this bad thing's going to happen, but I can't believe the good. And so what I have people do is really swing that pendulum out. And so tell yourself the story with a different ending, but put stormtroopers in it, <laughs> you know, have, have <laughs> nice. Lord of the Rings characters in or something like that, where it's just outlandish. But what happens is you, you, you know, you've rewritten this thing that previously was causing you stress, but now you go, oh yeah, I'm telling myself a story. I don't know how this is going to turn out. I don't know the outcome, but I'm not going to allow myself to be a victim of a of a bad story. And so as you do that, you know, I mean, you could do these different techniques. The main thing is to catch yourself when you're telling yourself these stories and, and you know, and then you're more in charge. Does that make sense to you? It makes perfect sense. Thank you for diving into that. Um, I'm just going to go back a little bit uh, to list someone else because I know a lot of people listening are coaches, whether it's fitness coaches, Uh life coaches, relationship coaches, and they might be, well, I'm kind of sat there here going, 
what they do on a day-to-day basis, their goal is to lift other people. Their goal is to, their business is relying on other people achieving goals. Does that count or does it have to be mentoring, doing charitable work? Like what's the kind of the process there? Uh, That's an interesting question. Does it count? Hmm. I'm not really sure. Um, (laughs) What I do know is that, uh, is that we don't, we don't volunteer. We don't serve as much as we would, as much as would be healthy, I guess. Uh, there was a University of Notre Dame study. They studied 2,000 people over five years. And these were, anyway, they found that the people that found themselves not happy, um, well, the people that found themselves very happy volunteered an average of 5.8 hours a month. And then the people who considered themselves un- unhappy only volunteered 0.6 hours per month. Wow. You know, and so there there was a big difference between that. But there's a lot of different ways you can volunteer, you know, and, and I I would recommend that it's something outside of your work, something outside of what you're getting paid for, where you're feeling, you know, you're getting remuneration for, you know, you're getting paid back for something. Great. You know, if you can help people where they have no way of helping you back, Suddenly, you yeah, know, you've nice. created a, a way to to really bless them. And uh, anyway, that's when the feelings um, really start coming in. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And that's 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 cleared up for me. So thank you. I appreciate that. Um, sweet. So we've gone through one to four. Uh, let's go on to number five. Number five, core skill of everyday happiness. Okay. It is called fo- sorry, foster positive relationships. And what's interesting about this is there's a lot of science out there and there are a lot of people that's that kind of counter all the happiness research and they say, no, actually, the more you try to be happy, the the less happy that you will be. But in all of the research that I've looked at on this, the people that try to do that, try to do that alone. They don't have the human connections, you know, and it really we are we are such social creatures. We need one another. And when you create, you know, uh, relationships, when you create those connections, it strengthens strengthens us in in more ways than just, you know, mental. You know, it's their physical physiological. I can't even say that word. <laughs> but the physiological <laughs> changes that happen within us, you know, that it just affects us in in all sorts of ways. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, perfect um, sense. I think something that, again, I know we've got the, the a lot of business owners, entrepreneurs listening to this. One of the key, not one of the key, one of the biggest like gripes and biggest, I think, complaints that I hear from business owners is it's so lonely being a business owner. Yeah, uh, I guess especially the ones that have uh, gone like completely on their own. Like maybe they've left a, a, a job and they're now going and doing that thing on their own suddenly they don't have those relationships at work. They don't have the team around them. Um, they might see the old client here and there, but they're, they've lost that that level of relationship. And I think that's a huge issue. And I've always said it never should be that way because actually there's so many business owners in, the, in this world, so many people that understand the pains that everyone goes through that it really shouldn't be. But I guess the issue being is that they've, they've cut off those relationships and they haven't been intentional about creating new ones, I guess would, would be what I took from that. Is that am I kind of along the right lines there, Scott? Oh, totally, totally. We need those human connections. You know, Brendan Burchard, um, boy, he's done a great amount of good in the world. When he when he asks people three questions: Did I live? Did I love? Did I matter? And as we you know kind of look introspectively, you know, on ourselves, 
and we ask those questions. You know, suddenly it's not about the money. It's not about the awards. It's not about the house. It's not about the business. You know, now it's about people. Did I live? Did I love? Did I matter? Does it, you know, is there a reason that I was sent here? And am I fulfilling that? Am I making the world a better place? Am, am, am I making my contribution? And as people start to experience that, I mean, that's when that's when they start to, you know, kind of refocus and, re, uh, you, know, you know, put the things in life where they're putting people first and they're enjoying the relationships that come from that. Amazing. I have nothing to follow up with that, Scott, because you've just kind of answered it all beautifully there. Um, so we've got, that's number five. Number five of the core skills is to foster, I'm doing it now, foster positive yeah. relationships. Let's move on to number six. Okay. And and again, these may sound super simple. They may sound, you know, like, oh, that's not going to make that big of a difference. What's amazing is when you really start putting them into practice, how much they do. Uh, the sixth one is called improve daily. You know, a lot of times we think that the end goal holds more joy than it really does. You know, the graduating from college, the, you know, whatever high achievement, you know, the earning the big medal, the big awards, we think that holds all of this happiness in it. And it turns out it doesn't. Uh, what, where we find the great happiness is in the striving, is in the improving. Um, it, it's in the struggle a lot of some, a lot of times. But, um, but we don't like struggle. <laughs> you know, we avoid it at all costs. And so what this skill is about is about deliberately adding friction into your life. You know, there's the, uh, oh, I'm forgetting what the study's called. It's 1908, uh, the and the last name is Dobson. Anyway, there's a there's a study that that shows that there is optimal stress in your life. And when you are having, you know, this friction, it actually pushes you higher. I mean, you think of athletes and when the more they are challenged, the better they do. Yeah. You know, if uh, if they weren't challenged, they wouldn't do very well. And so what this skill is about is, is about putting things into your place, in, into your way, really, to to help you stretch, to help you grow, to help you develop. And uh, and when you do that, you know, when you're doing this intentionally, suddenly, you know, your neurons are firing different because you're you're growing and developing in new ways. You think about the excitement that you had when you were a school kid. Well, a lot of us, you know, after we're done with our formal schooling, we stop, you know, and we're not experiencing that rush that you feel of when, uh, when you discover new things. So improve daily skill number six, great way to really start feeling stuff in your life again. Awesome. And that, and is that just a matter of, I think you've covered it there, but a matter of taking all those different things and again, being aware of them, uh, implementing the journals, impl like focusing on being more intentional, being more, uh, present and just doing those things each and every day and, and make it a gradual thing that you're building up uh, and, and building slowly or is it diving your head in first? Oh, I recommend doing it slowly. Incremental improvement is where you make lasting change. You know, it, when you when you lose a whole bunch of weight on a crash diet, a lot of times you bounce back um, to the same weight unless you have changed it and made it more of a lifestyle. So if you're doing these things incrementally, making these small changes, it starts to become more of your lifestyle than if it was just this rush kind of thing. Gotcha. Awesome. Yeah. So that brings us on to number seven, the final of the core skills. Talk us through this one. <clears throat> okay. The, uh, the seven 
Seventh skill in the seven core skills of everyday happiness is to begin again. And what this is about is that plateaus are natural. You know, we we hit these things and we just kind of level off and, and, you know, life becomes bland. You look at uh, you look at water and when it's in a pond that's stagnant. You know, that's when you have disease and bugs and all sorts of stuff. But when it's rushing, when it's going somewhere, that's where you experience, you know, where it's clean and fresh and vibrant. Well, Begin Again is about deliberately putting things into your place to start over. You know, and, and maybe it, it can be, maybe it can be going through the skills again. Or maybe it can be, okay, I failed. You know, and so how can I take this failure and start over again? How can I take all the things that I learned here and not have it stop me, not have this be the end, but how can I take that and then roll that into this new endeavor, this new thing that I'm going to do? And so it's allowing yourself really opportunities to opportunities to fail, opportunities to start again, opportunities to uh, to move forward. And uh, yeah, there are a lot of different techniques that come in this skill, but it's it's that again, it's that growth mindset. It's allowing things to not be final and to allow growth to happen. And growth happens through change. Awesome. So, what I've what I've heard throughout this, the kind of the overlying theme, is open up your mindset, be present. I'm going to say challenge yourself, like put, as you said, put things in the way, allow yeah. friction to happen because actually, as you said, happiness comes in the journey. Happiness comes in the struggle. Um, deliberately adding that friction into your life is a good thing, creating those optimal stress levels. Uh, and I think, I th- I genuinely, I think business owners are people that are, you know, they generally go into this because they, they maybe they like a challenge, but I know there's business owners everywhere get comfortable. Oh yeah, they get, and I think everyone gets comfortable, right? We get comfortable in our jobs, we get comfortable in what we're doing. But I know I speak to a lot of business owners, and they're like, "Yeah, I just felt stuck. I've been at this certain stage of my business for years now. Doesn't matter what I seem to do, I always end up at this same point." Like you said, like people they hit that plateau, and it's about smashing through that by what what you said, keeping moving, adding more stress in terms of like positive stress. I'm going to use the term there, but good things, challenges. Um, creating that growth mindset and allowing them to grow. Does that kind of make sense? Does that kind of sum that up? Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's learning about these things. And then the big thing, and, and we can talk about this another time, the big thing is creating systems for ourselves. You know, because learning this is one thing, and and and, you know, you hear how simple it is, but it's creating that system, putting a system into place so that you um can make these changes in your life. And that's really where you start to experience the change is by implementing it. That's, it's it, not just knowing it, it's it's the action. It's not knowing that sit-ups are, you know, are gonna, you know, help you big, <laughs> you know, get abs of steel. It's when you actually go to the gym and start putting them into into place. Absolutely. And you, you said a word there that is like music to my ears. And anyone who's been listening to me will know that and that's systems. Right. When I go into businesses and I'm looking at I'm like, there's no system here. There's nothing that you're implementing on a on a regular and repeatable scale that allows this to happen naturally or allows this to happen like every time. So, and I love that phrase, creating systems for ourselves that allow happiness to happen is that for me is huge. Cause that is, again, brings it back to, it's a skill. It's something we can implement. It's something we can develop. It's something that we can learn and grow. Exactly. You hit it you hit spot on with that. Um, Scott, that has 
opened my mind to a whole <laughs> new world of uh, opportunity in terms of the positive psychology, the study of positive psychology. Uh, there's going to be a lot of people that are really excited about this, listening to this, and going to want to be able to find out more. Uh, first question, you've got your book coming out super, like, very soon, in fact. If you if they listen to this as it comes out, it'll almost be that week. If you're listening to this after, uh, a while after the podcast has come out, the book will already be available. Scott, when does the book come out? What's it called? Where can people find it? You bet. It launches December 6th of this year, 2016. Uh, it's called The Seven Core Skills of Everyday Happiness, and you can get it on Amazon. So awesome stuff. Uh, Seven Core Skills of Everyday Happiness, and uh, I'd love for you to check it out. Perfect. We'll have it linked up in the show notes so people can get the link and uh, go and grab that. Uh, also, where can they find you, Scott? Where have you got your? Where are you on social media? Where, where is the best place that people can come and find you and uh, start finding out more about what you do? Yeah, uh, the best place to connect with me is at my on my website, encourage.life. It's the letter N, the word courage dot life you know, which is what we're about. We're about encouraging life and getting the most out of life. So if you go there, what I have there for you is I have tons of tools. And so uh, one of the tools that you can get is uh, is I have a three-part video series. It's free. It's my gift to you. It's called The Three Mindsets of Success. You will learn how you have been self-sabotaging yourself. Uh, then you will learn about how you can get into a growth mindset and open yourself up to possibilities. And then you can learn how to get into that third, that highest, that most effective mindset. And uh, and yeah, three mindsets of success. But you can, all, you can find that all at my website, encourage.life. Perfect. We'll have that all linked up in the show notes as well. So people will be able to go and grab that. And we'll, I'll have the link to the three mindsets of success as well can they grab you on facebook can they grab you on any of the social media sites as well oh uh, you bet um i don't do a ton on social media uh but on facebook it's it's uh, facebook.com slash scott will official o-f-f-i-c-i-l so Perfect. yeah facebook is the best social media place we'll get you there awesome so go buy the book go get that immediately that's gonna like open up a whole new world and put, and put it into a system which I, I, I don't want to kind of uh, put any negativity on previous books that I've read, but the, you know the research was all there and it was amazing. And now you've taken that and put it into a system, um, which is fantastic for me. It kind of makes it, this is how I go and apply it, if that makes sense. So Exactly. So go and buy the book, everybody. Go and grab that. And in fact, on the 8th of December, I've, got, I've managed to get Pin Scott down again for a <laughs> webinar. So we're going to be diving into... A whole new uh, section of this. Maybe we'll be going through some exercises and some other stuff. Uh, so we've got that it's on the 8th of December. Make sure you do not miss that. I'll be putting out uh, an email and be putting it on the social media channels so that you guys will all see that. But put like just put a block on 8th of December right now and block that in. If you're listening to this after the 8th of December, you have missed it. Uh, hopefully we'll be doing another one with Scott anyway, but if you haven't, make sure you go and check him out at encourage encourage.life and get everything you can off Scott. This stuff is amazing and can truly change your business and your life. Scott, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for like giving us all this information. I'm excited for what comes in the next few months and years with, with you and for everything that's going on before I let you go. 
can I get you to leave the audience with one final piece of advice or a tip or a quote or whatever, something that you feel that would just send them on their way? You know, I, for me, this has been so transformative, how it, how it has changed me. The big thing that I would just say is if you don't believe in change, if you don't believe life can be better, you don't know what you don't know <laughs> until you know. That's what it was like for me. I didn't know I was unhappy. You know, if anybody had asked me, you know, if I was happy, sure. You know, I'm just as happy as everyone else, you know. And then I would confess, okay, you know, maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I complain a little bit too much. Maybe, you know, maybe I whine a little. I, okay, I'm a, I'm a tortured artist, you know, and that would be my, my trump card. But just believe that you can change. Believe that there's a better life out there for you. And as you become more awake, more alive, more alert, as you start to live with passion, and as you start to find what your purpose is in life, what your mission is, what your, you know, what you were put on this planet to do, that's when life really starts to happen. It can be gradual, you know, take it step by step, but it starts with believing life can be even better than it is. Awesome. That is a great message to end on, Scott. Let's leave it there. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. And I'm, as I said, I'm excited to see what comes from all your work and the message that you're putting out there. Oh, thank you so much, Chris. It has been a delight. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. See you later on, Scott. All right. Take care. Bye. Oh, wow. What an incredible episode packed full of value. I think you will agree. And what I would love for you to do is head on over to the show notes at level10living.co.uk forward slash 23 and go and join in the conversation. Go and connect with Scott. Uh, go and check out his site, buy his book, dive into all his material. I cannot stress the importance of this stuff enough. And what I want to do is encourage you to come and join us on the webinar, which is going to be taking place on Thursday, the 8th of December. Uh, if you're listening to this before then, then come and join us. Just head on over to level10living.co.uk forward slash happy. That's H-A-P-P-Y. Uh, to register for that. And if you're listening to this after that date, don't panic, still head on over to that. And hopefully there's a replay or something that we'll put up there for you to gain access to. That is all from me today, guys. If you have absolutely loved this episode and got value from it, then please head on over to iTunes and leave me a rating and a review. It will take you like 20 seconds to do it. And it means the world to me and helps get my message out there and shared with more entrepreneurs, more business owners all around the world. Have an amazing week, everybody. I look forward to chatting with you next week. Cheers. Bye.